Vanessa, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, this is a Thanks. pleasure. I I think you're 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 putting out some some great content. Uh, I just wanted to really get inside of the mind of the, the cosmic butterfly, and uh, really know about like more so who you are. I mean, you you're pretty open on your videos, so I mean, we don't really have to go too much into that. But uh, you know, I just wanted to have a nice Friday night philosophical conversation. Yeah, and I'm totally down for that as well. I think talking about philosophy and especially spirituality is probably my favorite thing to do. So I really couldn't imagine a better way to spend my time. And I'm super happy to be here as well. Yeah, because honestly, like I, I'm doing this, uh, this show because it's almost like an excuse for me to have these conversations because like when else am I going to have, you know, hour long conversations without looking out a phone and going into the depths of the self like I, I was like you know what I, like even if like I nobody watches this I kind of want to just do this for myself you know because it's 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 an excuse to really go and dive deep and uh just peel the layers back of what it means to be a human and uh I really have I don't know if you've watched anything of mine so far but the people that I've had on it's pretty cool and it's uh I don't know it's uh and it's it's definitely an exploratory experience getting all different people's opinions on what we are as humans and what this crazy reality is. But uh, my first question to you is, how did you come to be the cosmic butterfly? Where where did this come up? Was this like one all of a sudden you just woke up one day and you're like, I'm, I'm going to do this? Or is it a gradual process? Oh, yes, most definitely. Well, first off, I definitely feel you in the whole, I don't even care if anybody watches this kind of thing, because, you know, like I'm talking about something I care about. I'm doing something that I care about. That's, that's basically like the biggest reason I even have my channel. Like mm -hmm. I don't even care at the end of the day, how many views I'm getting, how many subscribers I have. I'm still going to put out that content and I'm doing it on sort of a schedule that's a little bit different lately. I used to be sort of very um, updated and consistent with making like two videos a week and all of that. But with classes starting up and trying to take some personal time as well, I'm sort of reorganizing all of that. But I would say what ultimately enabled me to become the cosmic butterfly was a very hard sort of period in my life that I ultimately came out of. And I feel like that whole transition was a kind of metamorphosis for me. And butterfly is also what my name means. So I've always had like a very symbolic connection to the butterfly. And I almost feel like when I added cosmic to it, it just had to do with um, more so my connection to not even space necessarily, but like, I don't even talk about a lot of astrology on my channel, but I'm very connected to almost just the thought of interconnectedness. Like mm -hmm. I just love the idea that I know we as humans are never alone, no matter how we may think we are, how much we may think we are, because we are eternally connected with every single other human, every single other living being here on earth, as well as everything that exists outside of us too. Because if possibly we came from stardust and humans are remnants of exploding stars, then I believe that that would signify 
that those stars and the cosmos in general would share that sort of energy that we have as well. So I I definitely have always been like super good with coming up with names for things. And mm. one day I think I just chose that as something that was pretty symbolic to me. And I just sort of ran with it and allowed myself to express the thoughts that I never shared with anybody under that name, under the cosmic butterfly. Mm. Yeah. So I would say that mostly it was coming out of that hard place and learning to express myself in a new way. Wow. I like that. You came out of your cocoon. Mm-hmm. You became the butterfly and in, in, in you fly off into this universe of interconnectivity, right? Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that is what is the basis of a spiritual awakening. It's it's finding, you know, everybody has their own spiritual awakening, but I think it really comes like if you want to put it bare bones and you want to put it basically, it's it's coming to the the conclusion that we are we are all interconnected, like atomically, uh, spiritually, like you know what whatever way, like into like you know we have this like weird connection, like uh, you know maybe might be like a psychic connection, but we are all connected to each other in various different ways depending on how you look at it, and I think that is the basis of what. A spiritual awakening is like you know getting rid of all the crystals and astrology and you know doing the yoga poses it's really just comes down to like wow this is amazing like we're all this one thing experiencing itself in a infinite amount of ways in this universe it's it's amazing right exactly i i actually have that exact philosophy basically on life and i almost uh like to picture it like whatever is the creative energy that basically influenced or created everything that is, because I feel like there are just some things that are so complex in this human experience that it's almost impossible to describe them existing without some sort of creative energy behind it. And I don't necessarily believe in quote unquote God, but I definitely believe in like a creative energy and possibly that could be all of us collectively in some sort of realm that transcends this human experience. But I like to think of it like this giant ball of energy that I feel like I've also heard a lot of people in psychedelic experiences talk about just this like energy that they encounter and I like to think of it as like a ball almost that way I can picture extensions of light coming out of it and I sort of see every human life or every life in general as those extensions feeding back lessons and knowledge to that cosmic collective energy wow so the universe is a collective ball of light, like a bubble of light, putting it simply? Like our, our collective consciousness is part of oh. this creative energy that could be a part of God, that could be God, who knows whatever that word you want, source, whatever you want to use yeah. to describe it. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's kind of what all, like, you know, that that's the basis of religions too. It's where you are. We are, we are, we are God made man in his image. And that's pretty much what the, that's the basis of what you just said is that we are, we are made in this divine creator's image, this, this force, this, um, whatever it is, like you said, you can't put a word on it, but it's this divine energy and we are all part of that. And I think we're all part of that through our creative pursuits. Like we are all here to be, we're all here to serve that thing. Like, I think we're all servants, right? Mm-hmm. And how we serve that is through our creative pursuits. Like everybody's here and has their own purpose and doing whatever it is. Uh, you know, some people, it's, you know, they have their own dharma. Everybody has their own way 
of uh, or, or purpose or being here. And we serve that that divine energy, whatever that is that created us through our creative pursuits in our dharma. Like not necessarily what we think we're like. There's a lot of people who um, think that their job is like that's their purpose or they get lost in their job of like, you know, being a trash guy or or an accountant or something like that. But like, that's not really our purpose. That's just how we get money and survive. Like on the other side of that is like our divine purpose and our divine purpose is something that you don't really come to just by going to college or, you know, just by like reading a book. It's something that you have to just literally just still your mind and like the answers just come to you somehow. Like, do you, do you feel as though like you're in touch with your like that divine purpose, like that spark, that light, or like touching that divine light? I would say I'm definitely like coming upon creating that to be almost everything in my life. Like, of course, I'm a student. Of course, you know, there's those labels that still exist in my life, like daughter, student. I'm, I still have a few years of school. Um, and I, I definitely think that the school system needs to be restructured, but I'm going to continue to at least try to finish school because I technically just got accepted into like a special program and I don't want to take it for granted. And I do value the opportunities and connections I've been granted there. But I do also think that I want to use that to fuel my sort of dharma, as you called it, because Um, technically I'm a business major and I know a lot of people go into business, but I want to be able to use that in my case to help me learn what I need to know as a possible entrepreneur to run my own sort of businesses in the future, because I've always had that sort of mind. And I feel like as time has gone on and as I've started this YouTube channel and really just put myself out there in a lot of new ways, I'm realizing how much I feel like I want my life to sort of be my own sort of thing. Like I can work for other people for periods of time and stuff. And maybe if I really, really resonate with, you know, someone or something that is greater than my own little personal project. And then of course, like I would be a part of that for a bit of time, but I definitely think in the long run, my sort of purpose and calling is to embrace the fact that I can put myself out there in these ways and that I can embrace my voice and expressing my thoughts because I really, at the end of the day, just have a big passion for understanding people and understanding and helping one another to relate and understand that we all sort of think alike. Like I think that the barriers we put between each other are so useless and so much of a construction most of the time. I am also a sociology minor, so I really, really do love studying people and society in general because I, again, think that most people really have similar thought patterns. And on top of that, I also think that people experience the same sort of lessons or emotions and energies in the same waves. We just have different people and circumstances surrounding them. But I've realized that when I or my friends feel a certain way, we all sort of have a similar sort of feeling or basis underneath that feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. We all share the same. There's only a certain amount of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the different ways that those emotions are elicited. So you want to help people with that because you you feel that you have a firm understanding of like, you know, where these come from. 
I mean, I think I just want to spend my life understanding it more and experimenting with it and trying to, you know, help other people understand it too. Like I've always had this strange sort of, um, I guess you would call it ambition to perform an experiment or help somebody else perform an experiment where people really just analyze almost every single thought, like sort of pattern that they have. And I honestly think that across the board, if you did this among many, many, many people, that there would be some sort of pattern. Because when you sort of zoom out and take data, especially from human beings um, like that, sort of, you definitely see patterns. And I actually made a video about how I think that as time goes on and as we embrace more technology, as backwards as it sounds, I think that it demonstrates our human society and our structure of society to be more and more of a natural system as time continues. It's just insane to me that even on a macro scale and even including all of the technology that's sort of foreign to nature, we still act as a natural system as human beings. Mm. So you're saying the more we embrace technology, the more we become naturalized into this universe? Well, I think no matter what way we take it, because personally, I'm, a, I'm one that doesn't want to see AI take over the world. I think that there's so mm -hmm. much beauty and human rawness and connection. But I also think that at some point, technology having a role in our lives is inevitable. But, you know, there's... Look, look what we're doing right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> With everything going on, it's like so much of it seems out of our control. And I feel like that's the illusion. The illusion is that we can't do anything, but that's why I want to raise awareness with my channel and why I don't care how I look doing it. Because I, at the end of the day, really want to advocate for everyone to not only explore themselves, but also to understand that we can make a difference as a collective if we make those changes as individuals first. Like that's, exactly. that's basically what my entire channel is about, what I try to say in every single video. And that is ultimately my mission. I just believe so strongly in that individual work and really understanding oneself because it makes a difference in the long run and on a, on a larger scale, for sure. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, I don't think I could have said any better because uh, you're so wise. For and you, you said you're not even twenty. Crazy enough, I just went through a lot <laughs> of random things in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's something with struggle, and struggle makes us grow. If you, I guess, if you use it in the right way, if you, you know, you got to transmutate that energy, like you said. But you seem to have transmutated it. Um, I think, I that is an awesome like your your whole mission statement right there was amazing that was like keep it stay with that your whole life and that you, you that's the path because the world needs more of that right now like more so than ever we just need somebody to tell us that like yo we do like stay on your shit like do your own thing like you know it, it, everything's gonna be okay we're gonna be okay you just have to work on yourself and uh there might be certain people that just would resonate with you that wouldn't resonate with anybody else on youtube and you got to think about those people. Like, even if like, you know, you said like, we don't care if anybody, nobody watches it, but there might, there's probably, there's got to be some people out there that would resonate just with you. 
and just with your personality and just with your vibe. So it's um it's almost like a it's almost like a a burden if you look at it that way, but it's really not because you know you you're serving those other people and it's a beautiful thing to know that you know you could be the light in the darkness for thousands if not millions of people someday and um yeah so i would say just keep going with that that's an awesome mission <laughs> i approve what i would ultimately say is i think that quarantine and coronavirus sending me home from college and you know just returning home in general was really the perfect sort of opportunity for me to start a youtube channel because i could almost receive no feedback from my peers that would be negative like right off the bat because I think especially going the direction that I did like all of a sudden people were definitely like what the heck what is this channel like how are you talking about these things that nobody talks about and that was exactly my point like I had always thought like that or maybe not always but definitely the last I'd say four to five years I've been like very, very um, explorative of spirituality and really just understanding my own mind. And do you I, meditate or do any kind of like any, anything like that? Yes. <laughs> do you do drugs? <laughs> do you do drugs? I definitely, um, <laughs> I, I would say both, but um, <laughs> I definitely meditate a lot. Um, I There are lots of different kinds of meditations that I feel like are super beneficial. Um, for my life, at least a lot of sort of regathering my energy from wherever it scatters throughout the day. Uh, that's like a super helpful practice for me. Um, and really just taking time to sort of calm my own mind from all of the racing thoughts that I sometimes have, but on the drugs note, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I've definitely had my fair share of experiences with many, many drugs out there. Um, and I would say that in, in the big picture, a lot of it did help me sort of understand my own mind better. Um, and I think I was super responsible with it most of the time. That's probably yeah. why. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a time and place for psychedelic substances and these plant yeah. medicines. Like a lot of people use them. And well, Terrence McKenna has a saying where like, you know, they don't work on stupid people. Psychedelics don't work on dumb people. But I think it's more so like, I think it was more so that was a joke, but like, it was more so like, they don't work if you're not in the right sub, uh, in the right circumstances. And, you know, there's a, there's a, um, Canada's using them legally for therapeutic reasons. Now mm -hmm. like you could, you know, they administer psilocybin to people. Psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. Yeah. And that's the right circumstances. It's like, you know, you are in a quiet area you have good music, you have two people there that also aren't tripping balls and you're just, you're there going through whatever you need to talk about or you got to cry, you got to laugh, whatever you have to do. That's the, that's the way that you go through uh, the psychedelic experience. It's not, you know, I mean, it's, pro it's fun probably being at a rave or, or concerts, tripping balls, but like, uh, you know, that you're not going to get the most benefit of mm -hmm. what these plant medicines are when you when you do them for fun. And you probably you might even have a horrible experience if you that's why people say they have bad trips. I think it because it comes down to um, you just do it in the wrong with the wrong people and you don't know what these things are, or how powerful these things are. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, when it comes down to it, people just abuse them for the wrong reasons. 
Yeah, no, I, I most definitely agree. And in all honesty, I've definitely used them in both circumstances, but I would definitely say that I've never necessarily had fun with them. Like I have been super balls deep in the EDM community for a while, but Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I actually haven't tripped in probably over seven months now. Um, and not even because I was trying to quit, but mainly because I wanted to fix my internal state before I tripped again. Um, and not that there was like really anything to like fix or critically wrong, but I think I needed to make a lot of progress on my own without any sort of substance. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like now I would honestly be open to a trip, but I have school. So I really just don't want to throw off my academics like that right now in case yeah. it sort of makes me come upon so many realizations like all too quickly as sometimes it does. But I would say that in the times that I have done it in larger groups of people or even at a sort of rave, I guess I'd say, um, I think there's a difference between and I don't want to call myself this to sound cocky in any way, but I definitely think that I would consider myself a psychonaut. Like I am a person that is very easily stimulated by psychedelics. And it's not like I get stuck in the visual stage. I don't even care about the visual stage. It's all in my head most of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's never a question for me as to, am I tripping? Like I know I'm tripping because my thoughts are just like all going to like, that one place that it brings me to every time but i definitely stopped doing them at shows um following actually an experience that was sort of bad and it wasn't even like i had a bad trip it was more so my body just wouldn't allow what was happening um to go on any longer and it just sort of was like okay you're just gonna fall <laughs> and oh, so you so, passed out yeah i did um and wow. it was psilocybin mushrooms and probably added substance on top of that that just overwhelmed my brain and my body was like goodbye you need to leave wow. <laughs> um, yeah yeah that's and not psychotherapy right there that's that is something else <laughs> that's that's unhealthy drug use um and yeah. that was that was in a very um I was in a very dark place I would say like within that whole time because I was in a sort of relationship that promoted that sort of drug usage, you know, like kind of mindless. I mean, obviously I felt safe yeah. with the person and with the people I was with, but um, I definitely don't think it was, you know, utilizing those tools that mushrooms can give you in a conducive way. Um, and it took me about, I would say that happened last, last February. Um, and it took me until last October to even touch mushrooms again, because I was like, oh my God, that's going to happen every time. I'm so sad because I love Terrence McKenna and now I can never do five grams of dried shrooms on an empty stomach in the wilderness. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was like very devastated because I had made the transition from acid to shrooms because I was like, I want something more natural in my body to still bring me to these states. And um, it took me a while to touch them again, but I one day was just, I have a very strong intuition and I had felt, well, it was actually following a breakup and I'd say it was like a month or a month and a half after the, the second breakup, I guess, like it's all so complicated, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I was needing a lot of healing and I didn't necessarily turn to the shrooms for healing, but I knew that for some reason, my intuition was guiding me to and I would not advise this to anybody necessarily that is trying to sort of 
go about this whole process themselves. I definitely think if I had people in my life that I would have thought would have been good trip sitters, I would have invited them to come along with. But I actually took, um, I went to, I took an Uber <laughs> to a trail uh, so that I wasn't like walking in the heat of the day <laughs> um, on a come up of mushrooms <laughs> to yeah. um, a beautiful place, a beautiful trail near my living place at the time. and. I just walked, I walked for a couple miles because for some reason, I just think that when I'm coming up on shrooms or something like that, as weird as my stomach may feel, sometimes just walking it out helps. And I just, I just walked, I continued to walk and walk and I found this tree and I literally just started crying when I saw it and I couldn't help but hug the tree. And so I was like, okay, this is exactly what my trip is telling me to do. It's telling me to sit down at this tree and, and, and just hug like, the tree. Yes, hug the tree and let this. Script. That's the cliche story. The, the the hippies are hugging trees. It's a cliche story, but <laughs> I was I, I took an eighth of shrooms by myself. Um, well, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that'll get you to hug some trees. <laughs> and I definitely feel like there were other people out there doing the same thing because I saw a couple of randoms because I was in like a kind of public but private area because I didn't want to be totally isolated because it might have put me in paranoia. So mm -hmm. I put myself in an area where like, if in case an animal or a person came after me, I could like be in a public space, you know, I could just run yeah. down and be like, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I sat out that tree for, I would say I brought my speaker, I brought some crystals. Um, I feel like every time you bring something, you never do it. So like, I literally just <laughs> sat at that tree and did absolutely nothing but laugh and cry and dance for the wow. entire six hours. And then I walked down and had that little afterglow, you know, but I feel like that trip really brought me a lot of healing at the time and really enabled me to sort of get over my fear of whatever happened in February. And I haven't had a trip like that since, honestly, just because again, like I did have a lot of healing to do after that breakup and I didn't want to like overwhelm myself with substance, but I definitely think psychedelics have changed my life for the better. And it took a while to sort of use them responsibly in my own terms, I guess, but I got to that place. And I think now, I mean, now when I go to shows, I love being the person that's going the hardest completely sober. <laughs> yeah. You don't always have to, you can, I think you can do that. You can go through that experience once. Exactly. Like sometimes all you need is one time and one time, you know, an eighth of mushrooms and a nice tree and that's it. And you, and you got the answers. Well, yeah. Like Ter I think Terrence McKenna said something along the lines of, you know, once you receive that sort of message from the mushroom, you don't necessarily need to continue trying to get the same message over and over again. Yeah, Alan Watts said, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Oh. And, uh, you know, sometimes the phone may ring again. You know, it, <laughs> it does ring again and you have to pick it up. But you have to know that, you know, don't don't always pick it up because there's not one message. Sometimes I think there's 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 multiple messages that you have to listen to on the phone. So something you might not it might not be for like 20 years or, you know, 10 years or something. But I mm -hmm. think it's good to always know that the phone's there and be mindful if it does ring to pick it up but okay. first you have to realize what that ringing sounds like because you know i don't for me personally i get like this like it's like this weird feeling inside of me that says all right it might be might be time to embrace these plant medicines again and uh, that's the ringing like there's some kind of message that 
the mushrooms need to send me god needs to send me the universe whatever it is it's like we i think it opens us up like that experience isn't forever right we go to that world in our mind and and we i don't know if we download information or it changes the neurology of our brain in a certain way but there's just something that we we go into that state and if you do it the right way you go into that state you take from you take from that state whatever you learned and you incorporate it into your regular life and i don't know i go back and forth of like this is like some i see it as this is how i kind of see it i mean take it with a grain of salt i'm not a biologist it's Mm -hmm. these are like these are like these these plant medicines are like keys and we can't we have a doors doors that are locked in our mind and we can't unlock the doors until we have the key and you you can do it i guess you can try to pick the lock but it's going to take a while like if you know through meditation or yoga it takes a little bit longer but like if you want the answer really quick if you want like some you want to download the information really quick and open the door right up you need the key and these these chemical keys like literally they they bind it to our serotonin receptors or whatever other hormone it is and they they enable us to open up a new world and see new things and download new information and once you open that door like you it, it closes but you always know where the door is you feel what i'm saying it's like yeah. this it's like this weird uh sensation of of like i have to do this like i have to it's because it's like you said before it's not exactly fun like mm-hmm. it's not really something fun to do but i know there's something in me that says this is what you have to do and i haven't done it in like a while either and um but i know what that feeling is like to have to do it when people People, if I said that to a regular person, they'd be like, you're you're a drug addict. You're crazy, man. What do you mean? You get the feeling. You get in the itch. <laughs> you know, you, are you fiending for something? You're like, no, you don't understand. This is a, like, it's, I think not everybody gets that, you know, like that you have to be in tune. You have to be in touch with what these things are. And these things are nature communicating with us. It's like the earth. It's like the earth's messengers in a way. Like, I'm not really so much for, um, like, I'm more about natural like things from like you know like organic i guess you could say because mm-hmm. like i'm not into like chemical you know anything that has to be made in a lab like that's cool and there's definitely like i know there's definitely potentials for that but i'm more so just about like plants and how these mm-hmm. these these plants interact with us in our brain I, I love it like the whole like the idea of that and like like where psychedelics can take us as a species is so intriguing to me oh imagine i mean have you ever seen the movie Orange Sunshine? I mean, that's technically no. based off of acid, which is different. But the same sort of mindset behind why this group of people in the 70s literally smuggled the ingredients to make acid across national lines and put themselves through so much just to be able to provide that to other people because their whole theory was that if the world could experience psychedelics, then like war would no longer exist. But unfortunately, what you'll actually learn if you watch that movie is that it goes a lot deeper. Like people have to be open to it aside from just experiencing the drug itself. And that's why I think that you and I are similar in that sort of way, because there's actually this book um, called The Psychedelic Experience. Um, Yes. Yes. I love that book. Uh, it completely changed my mind on psychedelics in general um, and really helped me understand that it's all based off of your internal condition and that people that are psychonauts, I guess I would say, definitely don't need as high doses to get to those states. 
um, and why you'll understand if like you see people at shows or at rapes that are on massive amounts of drugs. It's because they, they need that much to even get that slight stimulation, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the people that are already in tune with it can literally be sent through an entire like ego death basically even off of like one tab or not even an you know like maybe an ape like they can get to those states with a lot less of the substance in their bodies because they are already open to it yeah or just no substances at all like it's just sometimes exactly. sometimes you do need that little that little pick me up to, to get there but it, it, you're right it's all about the mindset it starts with if you have the right mindset you know these substances have to be respected um because they're very powerful and um i don't i don't think you can really do it you know jordan peterson yeah i do he's a guy that sounds like kermit the frog yeah he uh somebody asked him in an interview that i watched the other day they were like can what can you describe what exactly psychedelics are and he was like no i i, I cannot i don't know what they are and he's this like you know big philosopher i'm not philosopher psychologist and he just couldn't he just said, I don't know what they are, but they, they should be studied, but I, don't, I have no clue what these things are. And I, I think that's all we can really come to the conclusion of is like, we don't know what these things are, what they do to the mind, why it, they seem like they're here to help us too. Like they seem like chemical messengers to help us. Like when, when, when I'm on them, it feels like they're here for a purpose. Like they're, they're something like, there's no way that these things are an accident. That's what I say. Like when I'm like, when I take these things in excess amount, which I haven't done in a long time, but I. I come to the conclusion, I'm like, no, there's no way that this feeling that this thing is giving me right now is some kind of accident. It's not just like, this is like, it lines up too perfectly to go inside of my brain to make me feel this divine way and all of this love and compassion and understanding and interconnectivity. I'm like, there's no way that, because there's some people that would just say, they would just dismiss it and be like, oh, this is it's just, there he goes with the drug stories again, man. You got to lay off the mushrooms. You got to lay off the drugs, man. But I'm just like, no, man, this is something different because I'm specifically speaking about um, psilocybin mushrooms here because I have a lot of experience with that. And there's just something about it, man. I don't know. Like, there's just something about that experience that isn't an accident. And it seems like they're here for us to heal. And what better time than now for these things to make a comeback than like the craziest time in human history? Because it seems like they need to heal us. And we, yeah, we definitely need a lot of healing. I don't know if the mushrooms are going to be uh, what's going to help. It definitely will help a little bit. I don't know. You think, what do you, what if the whole world started tripping on mushrooms tomorrow? I've actually started to think about this a lot. Just because... a little bit, just like, you know, like under a gram, just like putting <laughs> people's coffee. Like microdosing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, if we look at, at the future from a very rational perspective and how lots of countries and lots of like states are looking at psychotherapy, you know, like obviously, I mean, mushrooms would be criminalized here in Colorado. And I mean, that's, oh, one, yeah. that's one step toward, yeah, definitely. you know, legalization. And I, I feel like at some point, you know, that's going to be more and more normal. And if the whole world did start even tripping in small doses, I think a lot of people would be very greatly impacted. And because of that, I also think that there is going to be, an extreme need for people that are experienced with psychedelics and those states to sort of help guide the others that are like, what the heck is happening to me right now? Because yeah. I feel like even in small doses, um, it really does get to your mindset. Maybe not so much with visuals necessarily, but I definitely think that 
especially mushrooms, like if you have unresolved problems or you aren't facing something and you're trying to sort of suppress something in your life down, the mushrooms are going to bring that right up and slap you right across the face with that, you know, like it's going to become clear. You get so much clarity whether you want to or not. And that's what I think is so beautiful because you can't, you, you shouldn't go into those kinds of kinds of experiences without having addressed at least some of them in sobriety yeah well that's that's a very good point you like yeah you can't you can't take that into just into the mushroom headspace because then that's going to mess with you like you have to like face the demons first you know and and when you're in a clear headspace and you might be able to come to the conclusion that you you know it's not really going to work without the substance so that's when you take it into the in that realm Mm -hmm. that's a good point that's a very good point i think um yeah, there's a lot of potential. I think <laughs> that's what we, we can come to the conclusion of. There's so much potential of these things. They're healing. They're medicine. They are. And they've yeah. been suppressed from us, from you know the, the evil drug war of the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And hopefully, hopefully, in an ideal world, we will reach a place where people can go on these psychedelic trips and adventures whenever they need to or whenever they want to. And honestly, I totally see that happening down the road, which is so strange to think about because sometimes, I mean, and this is like a weird thing for me to admit, but I know that other people out there probably feel the same way. And I've also talked to friends about this, but, you know, for us, at least mushrooms and tripping has always been something sort of sacred. And when it's sort of brought out to the world like that, it's not going to be as sacred anymore, but like eventually I think it's definitely going to happen. And it's all a matter of just being able to be happy for other people to have those experiences too, because we're all on just different points of the same path, you know, and there's no use in sort of misunderstanding or judging someone for just interpreting their life and their experiences differently and for going about their own journey in a different way, because we've all done things that are, you know, equally as strange as we might find what other people do strange. So mm-hmm. that's what I always have to remind myself and try to keep myself in check. Like I I can't not want something so beautiful to happen for the world. Even if I like try to think about all the dangers, because I definitely think it's almost inevitable that it's going to happen. And I think within our lifetimes, we're honestly going to see it. And everything that's been happening this year is helping things not even with that just everything in the whole world to change so rapidly it's just facilitating that and who knows what is going to happen after this election but we shall see how soon psychotherapy becomes a regular thing but i definitely have so much appreciation for it and have you heard i mean i don't have that much experience with ketamine necessarily but i think it's intriguing that um at my school actually we had a psychotherapist that administers ketamine to people for therapeutic purposes like speak about it and I thought that his points were absolutely just phenomenal and like dazing to me because I I've never really thought about ketamine as something that could help so much you know yeah I don't have any personal experience with it but I read other people's experience and yeah it's also another one of those uh another one of those therapy things that uh, i think isn't it a, a tranquilizer like an actual it's a, is an animal tranquilizer it's a horse tranquilizer yeah that's pretty intense i mean i'm, I'm down to try anything once as long as it doesn't kill me but uh 
yeah, I'd also be interested to talk to that guy too, because like he's doing it at a college. Well, he wasn't doing it at, at my college, but we had a uh, a club called Psychedelic Club, actually. And wow. we would have um, speakers come every once in a while. We actually had a monk come in once and then I joined his club at my school <laughs> because <laughs> I was just, I just fell in love with like bhakti yoga because of that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there was, they just had a, a psychotherapist come in as one of our speakers and he spoke about that and his practice and how much he administers and how they do it. But actually a huge part of their whole therapy process was before administering any sort of ketamine. They do normal oh, therapy yeah. first. They do normal oh. therapy first. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Is it um is it intravenous through the through the veins? Or, oh um do you know how I actually administer? I don't know because like I don't know if they would have people snort and stuff in a medical environment. Yeah, I don't think that's know? a very therapeutic thing. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's probably intravenous yeah that's what i'm guessing which well, that is yeah. probably really intense imagine just all of a sudden because like that's instantaneous so like you know right when that goes in your veins like you're you're tripping balls because well, like usually with other things you eat it and it's a gradual process and you come into this beautiful world and you just it's a slow you know up on a roller coaster like a roller coaster ride but when you do that it just must be like all of a sudden you're just like oh because you just right into your bloodstream it must be insane I'm sure I've even um, I watched this documentary once I think it was on Netflix just about maybe no it was probably not on Netflix but it was about um, how ketamine can be used to help people that suffer from severe addictions and how it was injected into their brain now that must be like what intense injected into your brain I didn't know that was a thing I I didn't think it was a thing either I I'm definitely going to like look this up after this but yeah like I I watched how it it really like I don't know how it helps necessarily with like addiction, but like it really does. Like people came out of that a lot less inclined. I think the patient they were working with had like severe alcoholism. Yeah. That's- a lot of um psychedelics do that where it's just like this Yeah. It's it's like people just come to this conclusion where like, oh, I have to change. Like there's just something that they just need to like just it's like this wake up call or something where you just gotta be like, No, not anymore. And it's just like the catalyst to change. It's um, it's awesome. Like Terence McKenna says, uh, they dissolve boundaries. Psychedelics dissolve, like what it boundaries in between people, but probably also in between like yourself. Because in order to make a change, you have some kind of boundary, right? You got to get through that boundary, and then you can make it. So whatever you're going through, where you you can't quit the addiction, or you you can't quit somebody else, or like you know you got some other weird um attachment that you have to make that within yourself to say, I am going to change like that boundary, like the, that, that's the start of it. And I think psychedelics give you that headspace to say like, because they, they show you the bigger picture of like what's really going on. And then you come back down into your little life and you kind of like, whoa, like, yeah, I really have to change like whatever I'm doing right now because all this is going on. And I'm, I'm just so small right here, focused on this one little thing, whatever it is inside of your head. And uh, yeah, that's just going back to the psychotherapy thing. It's just, there's so many benefits to it. There, there really are. And it's, it's awesome because it's, it shows us because it has the practical use of, uh, of, you know, actually, you know, regular life, regular people, like just being, living a happy life. But then it also has the very spiritual use, like a very, the use of just like show, showing us our connectivity and our, our divinity. And it's, uh, 
I don't know. Like like Jordan Peterson said, like I don't know what these things are. I really don't know. <laughs> They're here to help, though. I know they are. With my my own experience, I have personally found that truly doing that healing before even entering those states is so essential. And especially if that's what psychotherapy is about, actually implementing normal therapy practices before administering any sort of substance. I think that that's a sign that we each as individuals have so much healing that we can always be doing, you know, like we, we carry wounds and and carry scars from early on in life and not, not even early on in life, later in life too. We, we don't even realize sometimes that we carry this baggage with us, but we most definitely do. And it's just all a matter of learning to observe yourself and understand those things without getting mad at yourself for still letting them affect you. Because I know with my own experience, like I, I see things that I, I do and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I'm still doing that. But at the same time, I'm like, then this is just something that is very deeply rooted. And it just means I, I need to put some extra emphasis and focus on working to heal that because the fact that it's affecting me so much is a clear sign that, you know, I haven't healed from it. Even if I thought I did, you know, like there's always healing to be done. There's always room to grow in general. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, do you think these traumas are deeply rooted from this is existential? Are they from Mm -hmm. other lifetimes, you think? In all honesty, I could totally, I could totally see that being a reality because I mean, at least for me, I I try to analyze themes in my life. um, And I I find a lot of recurring themes almost. And I know that with an awakening, you definitely see old lessons sort of come up that you have to show you've mastered, I guess, to not even your, I mean, not to anyone, but for yourself, you know, you have to sort of be presented with almost the same situation and see if you act different. I think that's what demonstrates healing. But I definitely do think that, things can repeat from past lifetimes and that's why sometimes we resonate so strongly with certain things or certain people or certain situations because those things may may very well have been in our lives in some sort of past lifetime or even if parallel i mean obviously parallel universes exist but maybe for some reason that one that one person or that one situation is like especially prominent in all of those realities i guess and that's why it's like so strong or so mm. prevalent i guess yeah it's like it's all energy mm-hmm. i like how you said that like you know i i mean i go back and forth i don't really have any concrete beliefs about this universe um i go just i just i just go back and forth and explore different viewpoints i just really don't know like my only conclusion philosophy is i have no clue i'm just having some fun while i'm here i guess just trying to survive but i like the idea i i, I think i go along with that idea too of like why we resonate with certain things more or certain people more is because you know in our past lifetime we we might not have looked the same we might not have um you know smelled the same uh but or even were the same person we were just but we were the same energy mm-hmm. and energy you know like attracts like it, everything is energy so like if if there are if reincarnation is a thing and there are multiple lives that we live or millions of lives it's that same energy flow And that same energy is going to resonate or not resonate with the same energy that it was in 
in that in that and that stream of energy like whatever it is whenever how we're fulfilling our karma it's like it's it's still going to be there it's this like never-ending continuous flow of energy so um yeah i mean and how how we heal that i don't know i mean i guess through you i guess that's the goal of life right that's what that's what people say in like the eastern traditions it's like we're we're living multiple lifetimes so we can we can heal ourselves essentially through through our karma so we can become we can reach nirvana and become one with the universe i guess so we can become not attached become this being of just enlightenment whatever that is mm-hmm. and it all has to do with the energy and yeah it, it does and that word not attached you just used i think that mm-hmm. that's one of the most important parts about healing understanding that it doesn't define you necessarily, you know, whatever may have, may has, whatever has happened to you in the past doesn't define you for the future. And it's, it's something that can be a lesson and and you can't stay attached to whatever you may have defined yourself as before. Like you, you can always redefine yourself and sort of move in a new direction. And I do think that, yes, there are certain energies that will always stay there and, You know, there are parts of us that will never change as much as we try to change them. And I think that's almost like a very hard reality to sort of face. But I do think that releasing attachment to the ways that we sort of obviously, like I said, define ourselves in the ways others define us and our situations is probably the key to actually attaining healing, you know, understanding that it's it's just a matter of letting go and surrendering to the flow of wherever the universe wants to take you next in terms of your journey yeah easier said than done that's oh, the goal yeah. of life that, that's <laughs> buddhism like you have to you know i guess an enlightened being essentially is being 100 percent unattached to this the, the ever-changing moment that we live in like there's there's because no matter what it is i could say that i'm not attached right now but there's something that my mind is going Mm -hmm. to like oh my back hurts oh i'm hungry or Mm -hmm. i'm tired or something it's just some kind of sensation that like i need to do this right now or no matter what it is i could have meditated for two hours today you know ate an eighth of mushrooms and did some kundalini yoga like no matter what for some reason our brain is always going to come back to that that yearning that wanting of of attachment but it's i I mean it takes time because i've realized um over the past few years how i've actually gotten to more of that that buddha state that buddha nature of being just more present but i still always get you know get lost in the sauce again i keep going back to the the old me i guess you could say or back to like just Mm -hmm. you know going down to the root chakra it's just it's a it's a process it's so it's so hard and that's why i think people say it is over multiple lifetimes because it's like how do you become that true being i don't even know if that's the goal i don't know if that's just like a symbol or not but like Mm -hmm. i think it is the symbol to our happiness because you know whatever we do in this life whatever we want to get and whatever we think whatever goal that we have or if i get to this point then i'll be happy or if i have this then I'll be happy. That's not true happiness. Like what, what Buddha says is that like, you know, essentially happiness is it's right here. It's right now. It's dwelling in our own impermanence. And, 
I don't know. How do we get to that? How do we all get to that? If that's even a thing. Well, I appreciate you being so like open and, and real about that because I think that that's so true. I think that we all struggle with those small attachments that, you know, we can't seem to shake. And, yeah, and everybody does. Every single person does. Nobody can deny it. And I think that that's comforting to know. Again, I really do think that every single person thinks honestly along the same lines. And yeah. we experience that, you know, like there, I, I've taken a psychology class or two and there's just so many paradoxes in which humans act a certain way because we all think that everybody else is experiencing life in this way, but we're all just experiencing life like, like this. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's just such a paradox. And uh, again, like you're answering your question though, like how, how do we actually even go about releasing attachment? I, I actually have no concrete answer and I don't think anybody does, but I mean, I think for me, what's, what's helping not necessarily what's helped because obviously I, I still struggle with this too, but I mean, I always just have to like check where I'm putting my expectations. You know, if I'm expecting myself to let go of something like, like, for example, let me, let me use my breakup. Like I know that that's lame and I shouldn't use it as an example. It's okay. Go for but it. it is, it's relatable. It, yeah. It's relatable. It's something that has, affected me for now over a year right and it's something wow. that i have tried to let go of every single day mm -hmm. but and i think one of the biggest aspects that kept me in it for so long was you know living in this generation where apparently breaking up over text is an option and for me you know i i love to talk about things like it was really hard for me to like even understand that that was never going to change. Like I was never going to get my closure. I was never going to get a goodbye. And mm -hmm. to this day, like it's, it's something that affects me. And I think what has helped me to like, I, I've been able to watch myself change and how I react to that situation. And lately I've been able to see a lot of progress ever since I let, I fully, fully just gave up. I didn't, I didn't like give up in a wimpy way. I just gave up on ever trying to communicate with that person again, you know, like in person. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. My expectation that they might reach out or like want to communicate just dissipated. And I was like, you know what? Like it's been a year and like yeah. time has gone on, life has gone on, my expectation is gone. Like I've yeah. now and I've lowered my expectations and that has honestly helped me a lot in moving forward with my life and allowing myself to explore, you know, new things, not even necessarily new people, but myself in new ways, you know, like I don't want to mm -hmm. rush into another relationship when I still clearly have a lot of healing to do myself, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I feel you because it's because it's, it comes back to attachment and that's yeah. the strongest one is our attachment to other people in this life. Very true. It's just, it, what has helped me is the idea and it seems morbid but it's not it's it's just the truth it mm -hmm. the idea of impermanence and that everything that's happening in our lives is a state of impermanence no matter what happens nothing is forever like the horrible feelings that you feel when you know whatever your breakup was of whatever those 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 feelings aren't for time heals all wounds like that that's a saying mm -hmm. for a reason and our entire lives are just a matter of time. Our entire lives are just impermanent. And no matter what you go through, no matter all this shit and all this struggle, any attachment and anything you think is going to make you happy, that's going to, that's also impermanent. That's going to fade. But, but
what 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 happiness is is inside of us and it is mm. permanent like it, that's the only thing that is permanent it's that love that dwells inside of us but anything else if you try to if you try to attach yourself to anything on the outside world because um, the outside world is impermanent so you're eventually it's going to cause you suffering it might not be right now but in the future it is going to cause you suffering and it the, the way i look at it is you know because we all go through ups and downs and the impermanence aspect is is in my ups it makes this life beautiful like whenever i'm going and i feel amazing i'm like wow i really have to take in this moment more because i know this isn't forever this is this is a beautiful divine blessing and in my downs i say well this is this isn't forever i will be somewhere else in another time like this i know this feeling isn't me just don't attach to this feeling it's impermanent like if i'm sick or if I have an injury or somebody got hurt that I know that I love or something, whatever it is, I know that I'm like, okay, it's okay. Don't become too attached. It's going to eventually fade. And I think it's a good mindset to try and keep. It's like, I, it's impossible to keep that throughout the entire day because we have just so much the drama of life. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if if you can, at least for me, if I can keep that, that state of just being like, oh, don't, just don't worry, man. Like, it's all gonna fade like it's it's okay time never ends you know time is it's well i don't know if time exists but like mm-hmm. our conceptual our conceptual framework of time never ends like there will eventually be a point where you're you know it's you'll be at the up again you'll, you'll be at the down again don't just get lost in the ebb and flow of life mm-hmm. life is a ride and you'll eventually get there oh yeah it's all about balance and mm-hmm. And like one, one more thing that literally is exactly what you said, like, especially with everything that's been going on lately, I had this conversation in a class yesterday on online that we didn't even do class. We just talked about everything going on and how we're processing. And like one thing I remember us talking about was simply saying that this too shall pass, you know, it's just a matter of time. That idea. Mm -hmm. Just a matter of time. It's the truth. It seems morbid to a lot of people because a lot of people are attached to this realm and like they don't, you know, the, the, the fear of dying and not existing. It's like the fear of not having something. It's like that is that's our attachment. It's it's like Buddhism is so true. Mm-hmm. Like it is. It's just it's so simple when you really just sit down and think about it. Like yeah, everybody is so unhappy because we're so unattached. I mean, we're so attached to everything. Mm-hmm. When if you become unattached what's going to make you unhappy it's really it's simple it's like one mm-hmm. plus one equals two but it's it's yes. harder to do it's hard to really how do you put that into action and in the american culture in this crazy western world it's i don't know but hey i mean one of the first steps to awakening is becoming aware you know once you're aware yeah. of the fact that you know that that it is that equation then the more that you are able to like, I mean, that's what I think is so beautiful about manifestation. I think it's literally just all about not even tricking your mind, but I think that the mind is so easily manipulated and clearly we see that in all sorts of media, but if you are able to manipulate, manipulate your own mind in a very sort of conducive way, I think that you could really do anything, but like in terms of letting something go, um, really understanding and reminding yourself always that it's that need to not even like lower your bar or lower your standards, but just, just not even having an expectation for anything to turn out any way. You know, you just 
yeah. do and see what happens. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It doesn't mean, and it also like, it, like I said, do, because it doesn't mean being complacent. Like that mm-hmm. mindset doesn't mean complacency. It actually is probably the opposite. It's probably more so taking action because you're not attached to any outcome. Like there's no, like you're just like, whatever, I'm going to do this and whatever happens. So it's okay with me. So it's, it's, it actually having that mindset is more so I think productive to a healthy and happy lifestyle. Um, But I want to talk more about uh, manifestation because, you know, that's everybody has a video like that. You can do whatever you want in this life, man. You just got to set your mind to it. But it's true. Like, I think that actually is it's cliche now and it's very new age. But I think it actually is. It is a fundamental, I guess, I don't know if you want to say law of the universe, but it is something fundamental about where if you because I've done it, I've I've like tested this out myself where I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to try and manifest X right here and i remember the time i tried to manifest it and then i remember like it comes into being and i'm like what the, like this podcast <laughs> and I, I remember like i remember like when i wanted to think of it i'm just like whoa like it happened and like there's been other aspects of my life where that's happened too i'm just like whoa this is real but people don't know that it's a real thing like you if you like all right so how do you manifest like how how would you what is your process of so yeah coming into yeah yeah i mean i i think that from my own analysis of it I, I really think that manifestation, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily such a mystical thing. I think it's just, I, I really think it's, it's just mastering the mind, you know, yeah. like I, I think for me here, here's what I do. Um, I, I like to write things down a lot of the time or like yeah. create visuals. Cause they like help my brain. Um, especially like in my room, like if I'm just sitting, I like look at a nice collage with all sorts of like a dream board, you know? Um, yeah. but that's not necessarily how I necessarily manifest, but, um, I like to sort of envision or write down what I want. Um, and I think, well, okay, here's, here's technically, I don't know how I just went in a giant circle around all of that. But, um, <laughs> right now, my process is to write down the things I'm trying to manifest in like mini paragraphs based off of like different categories of things, you know, like different areas yeah. of my life. And then I read them to myself. And I think that by reading them to myself, it's like this very healthy reminder that that's something I care about and that's something I want. And it's almost a little push for me to within my day, if I have time, I'm like, Oh my God, like there's an opportunity for me to do something that might lead me to actually attaining that thing. Like I, I try to actually step into the role of attaining those things into my life by taking action. Like you said, I don't think it's about just you know, wishing upon a star and waiting for something to magically fall into your lap. Like, I definitely think that things flow into your life and divine timing and that not attaching yourself to your desires is super important and manifesting. But I do think for me personally, sometimes I'll even take like long breaks. Like I recently took a long break where I didn't read any of my manifestations because I just wanted them to sort of like, like I had done the work with them for them to sort of like flow in their own timing because I had done that work for like a little bit of time in a more rigid manner. But I think that by simply reminding myself of my own desires, but not being so rigid about it, like that's something that I've been trying to work on, especially lately is letting go of rigidity, if that's the word, (laughs) rigidness. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that that's what allows your manifestations to come, you know, like you're, you're taking small steps in your life towards the things that you want using a very, not even like rational approach, but like you, you just, I mean, you can expect miracles to happen, but I do think that 
taking action towards your dreams is definitely like the way that you'll just watch even bigger miracles come into play. You know, yeah. like my YouTube channel, never, never did I think that I would even get over 500 subscribers. Like, I mean, who cares about subscribers, but like, I was just shocked when that happened, but it mm -hmm. all took that first day where I took my camera and I filmed outside with all the noise in the back. You know, it wasn't about having a perfect setup. It, my first video was horrible <laughs> in terms of production, but it was mm -hmm. just all about taking that first step and yeah. just putting it out there, you know, like it's, it's all about taking that action. And then I think that even without me necessarily, I mean, I obviously worked some to get my channel where it is, but a lot of it came just from, I don't know, like, I really can't yeah. explain how it happened, you know, and I'm sure you experienced the same thing, like, your first sort of interview and podcast, you know, like, yeah, I just have people like, I never thought I would have this many people that I'd, I'd be able to talk to, like, I, I remember envisioning it, and I was just like, oh, you know, I, I might be able to, like, reach out and talk to people, but it's really easy, like, I just send a few emails, and it's just like, people just want to come on and talk to me and it's uh it is it's almost like I, I was making it harder than it had to be and um yeah I don't know I don't know if the universe or the god is making it easier than it has to be but it's not really that difficult like I'm literally just I send some emails or connect with people online and say hey do you want to do you want to do this and, and they roll right in but uh yeah, it's it, it's it's like a snowball effect for manifestations. It mm -hmm. seems like when you're on the right path, it just it, whatever that is, it's guiding me more so down the right path through the manifestations. Oh yeah, and I think one thing that has really accelerated my whole process is like I, I think that self love and like self work is one of the biggest like help most helpful yeah. things you can do for yourself. Like affirmations have helped me so much. Just simply mm -hmm. listening to them repeating them is like super helpful even on a car ride like something simple like that it's it's in your brain that's a very healthy way to quote unquote manipulate your mind you know like yeah. you can hack your own brain and allow yeah. yourself to actually believe those things and become those things yep that's those are mantras mm -hmm. Mantra. those you know those are thousands of years old people like all of these things we're talking about People figured out thousands of years oh, ago yeah. without without Google, without Wikipedia, without YouTube. They just sat in a cave and closed their eyes. And they, they came to all of these conclusions without drugs, without technology. It's just oh, yeah. it's inside of us. It's all up here or out there, whatever, whatever your viewpoint is. Oh, yeah. It's all it's all out there. We just have to. It's almost like we're, we're coming back to a uh, this is like a renaissance, a rekindling of, of consciousness. And um, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it. I like it's. We can train our brains. It's like we have to, because we're not fully able to. Like it's uh, so. Once you can gain control, is is once you realize that we're not fully in control of our brains, which a lot of people. I don't know if they think that they're in control, fully, or they. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not in other people's heads. I don't know, but I know the first time. I like you said the first step is awareness and I became aware that I was like well wait a second like I didn't put this thought in my head like why do I feel this way I have to do the work so I don't do this again and that's either through affirmations yoga meditation psychedelics whatever it is but we have to realize that we like we have to, our, our the mind 
is like a game it's like a mind game and we have to our free will has to dictate how we what direction we want to take it into it is strange isn't it that it's almost like our brains and our bodies are working against us it seems like it seems it's like an uphill battle when it should just be like no i should be able to control my entire being as a human being right i should be able to just wake up in the morning and feel how i want to feel be how i want to be but it's not like that it's not that simple it's very complicated but through these practices and through whatever is happening in this world right now we are slowly reaching that point and i i fully believe that vanessa that we are slowly it's a, we're going through like the, the puberty stage of humanity's uh humanity's growing up this is the you know this is the very confusing stage where you don't really know what's going on there's a lot of weird emotions that's kind of what's going on at a collective level i see it as but we're growing up into this being as, as, as a collective being as a species that is fully conscious that is this this is being that is able to create the garden of eden on earth if you really wanted to but there's just so many people and there's just so much energy on this earth that we just see it's just we're going through a rough patch you know you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta get through hell to get to heaven first in my opinion and that's kind of what what the world's going through and but do do, us doing the stuff that our work that we do online and other people that are way more popular than we are (laughs) they're them doing their work it's that's all part of the process and um i think it, it starts with that it starts with us because you know a simple conversation has a has a has the potential to help a lot of people just saying the right words there's some people just they need the answers you know and sometimes a simple one sentence can can point them in the right direction and, and from there that's their whole life like i know there's been times i watch youtube videos and i hear somebody say something i'm like wow that changed my life and from there i, I act accordingly so like we like getting back to the beginning of the topic um beginning of the podcast like the topic of it it just comes down to our personal like you have to work on yourself we all have to do our own work on ourselves and then that's how we create a better world ultimately we just got a lot of work to do (laughs) well true but you know i mean i think it's those of us that are vulnerable enough to admit that you know we have our own work to do and that we're going about our own journey while trying to help inspire others to do the same that it mm-hmm. is what's going to enable this whole you know shift in consciousness to properly take place because that's clearly what's happening right now you know yeah. in the world so yeah like what you said it's vulnerability it starts with being vulnerable oh yeah because everybody has their shield up the ego shield like oh, i don't want to look this way i don't want to look like this to this guy or this girl like mm-hmm. we're all just trying to put on a show for what but what are we really trying to show off? It's just our egos. But when you when you become vulnerable and you let that just open up and you have an open heart and you express how you really feel, that is that's how we grow. Because because like you said in the beginning, we all share the same feelings. Like we all share the mm-hmm. same thoughts. We're all the same. We're all the same. <laughs> that's what it is. We're all the same thing. We but, just look a little different. Yeah. So, so when you become vulnerable and you open up, other people will that'll open up other people to be invulnerable and then that's how we that's how we love each other right we love each other through our vulnerabilities and we that's how we realize that we're this one big collective family and how we get rid of our 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 the shield of our ego is through our vulnerability i firmly believe that i actually spoke with somebody else about that um on a few podcasts ago like how important it is to just 
just don't even worry. Just, just put, if you feel it in your heart, like, you know, there's some things you got to talk about or just, you got to like, just some things you got to say to a certain person, just, just say it. And, but say it nicely and just, and just let, let it all flow out. Feelings matter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they do. And just letting your intuition guide you from one moment to the next is really all you can do, you know, understanding what intuition is coming to be in tune with it and letting that really be your only attachment because otherwise, you know, I mean, unfortunately people in situations are almost always going to let you down if you set up some expectation for them to be some way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not as, as depressing as it sounds. I mean, like we've all let people down so like clearly yeah. and, and it's so unintentional like think of the last time that you accidentally let someone down like it wasn't like you had a malicious intent to do so it was mm-hmm. just something you know like life caught up to you and that's totally fine like i think understanding others by understanding ourselves is really so beautiful you know like understanding we all have lots of stuff going on we all are trying to learn about balance and how to balance our lives and everything in it you know yeah it's definitely a lot going on (laughs) yeah there's definitely a lot going on in this matrix that's for sure oh for sure a lot (laughs) especially lately (laughs) yeah i mean what do you think it is what's going on right now right right? now oh my like you know within the last year because this last year all right yeah 2020 has been very momentous tumultuous and not like any other year. It seems like mm-hmm. this is this awakening. It seems like there's, it, I, I mean, don't know. 2020 vision. Like, I think, <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, it is, it is a huge awakening. It's an opportunity, honestly, for, honestly, I have no idea what is going to happen this rest yeah, of the year. Nobody and, does. And I, yeah, I mean, at a point, I had to stop feeding into it. Um, not because I don't care but because I know that my energy is better invested elsewhere. And that is myself. And that is, you know, other personal projects. It's yeah. not in, in getting caught up in who's right, who's wrong. What are the stats? What are the numbers? I need to look at statistics. I need to use my logic to make sense of this. Cause honestly, yeah. it's all in my mind. I think that it's definitely a lot of it's political. Like, I mean, and I'm not saying yeah. like Corona is political, but I'm like, I'm saying it like, might be though. It, it might be, it might be. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just saying like, Honestly, a lot of things are coming down to, to like politics, which is so gross because yeah, it's I gross. mean, yeah, like it's just that's dividing people into like two cat whatever. It's it's just lame to me. Um yeah. and uh I think that there there are plenty of people that are on this same wave. They're realizing like, oh my god, like that's that's literally all crap. Like I don't want to feed into that either. And other mm-hmm. people are allotting their time in different ways, but I think that a lot of people are also just like fed up with the system and that's exactly what we need at this point. Like there are going to be huge changes with whatever with whichever way this election goes, literally whichever way it goes, there's going to be ginormous changes. And yeah. I think that there has been enough of like a wake up call for people to be like, I like, I don't trust this. I don't trust that. Like they're thinking for themselves. And that's the first step towards like this consciousness shift that is happening. And I don't like to divide people, but I definitely think that there is like a division between people who care and people who don't care. Like people that want to like continue to drown themselves. And like, especially during quarantine, like obviously I'm pretty sure everyone 
indulged in some sense but like there are a lot of people especially friends of mine that I at least observed that experienced like problems with substance abuse or especially alcohol abuse because there was just so much time and nothing to do but then there's like the others of us that like I don't know we we are comfortable in our own like presence and we don't feel the need to always distract ourselves with all sorts of other things all the time like I know for me um let's say I got corona if I had to isolate for two weeks that is a holiday for me I have (laughs) tons of stuff I could do you know like I I don't believe in the word bored and I I just Mm. think that there's always like something good to be done not that I always need to keep myself occupied like I sit and do nothing also like I do that plenty of times but yeah yeah, like I just I think it is just a huge shift in human consciousness and that whatever honestly 20 the rest of 2020 and 2021 will bring is is going to be what we need like I I firmly believe that the changes ahead of us are almost not even predestined but i i think you know in some sense it's already happened and we're just coming upon catching up with one reality i mean i'm not even one there's millions of realities and i'm sure there's absolutely an infinite number of possibilities of what could happen and that have happened and you know all of that weird past present future term to describe parallel universes and how they're occurring at the same time but already have and (laughs) weirdness but <laughs> yes yes definite weirdness i mean that's a crazy concept to me because I, I i go through that too and then i'm like wait a second well then why am i experiencing this universe right now like there has to be a reason for, that i'm in this one well i mean like you and i are interfacing right now right yeah. like that's that's the word i guess i'd like to use to describe that and whoever's listening right now you know like baba ramda said only the you that is in me can hear what i'm saying I I definitely think that we can really only comprehend in others a sense of ourselves, you know, like what what you and I are speaking about are honestly like reflections of ourselves speaking to ourselves through different bodies, which I think, yeah, yeah, an insane concept. Like I I like to think about that all the time. Um, And that's why that's true in every interaction. Um, I mean, maybe not every single interaction, but like possibly. Yeah, I, like, I mean, maybe it is. I yeah. don't know. There's some points I'm like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I mean, I've I've even um heard a friend tell me his theory on how just like every single every single choice, which I guess even determines every single like word. A word would be a choice, right? But like yeah. every single choice puts you in a different parallel universe and like yeah i've had that's a crazy thought right that is so yeah if you go going back to that multiple universe thing we are we're existing in that in in that multitude of universes right Mm -hmm. so every choice can put us you know i said like why am i in this one now well i'm Mm -hmm. not actually just in this one i'm in all the other Mm -hmm. ones and and my choices are what dictate which universe i go into Mm-hmm. which that's so trippy isn't it's insane it? what, what if that's true i i i very I, I think it could be true and in that case like i i don't know what to think at that point like i mean there's a version of me that's like extremely enlightened and then there's a version of me that's like resonating at a really low level i guess right yeah. like i guess if that's <laughs> in a way but then it's just like i don't know i'm like I'm, it, it's I'm really mind conceptualizing it right now it's really mind-blowing but at the end of the day, like 
here's here's how I like to perceive it. If what I think I can perceive through my five senses, you know, like is right here and right now, and this conversation is what I'm able to comprehend, then, you know, like literally everything in like just the statement be here now is truly all we have to hold on to that. The present moment is all we have. We don't have, we hardly even have that, but (laughs) we we hardly even have that. But like the only thing that we, we can even really grasp is this very present second. Like, of course, planning for the future is fun and thinking about how things are going to go back to quote unquote normal, which they never really are because the world has changed forever. But But like just understanding that literally right here and right now and everything that you can do in this very second is all that matters or even not do, you know, like you can take time to chill because that's perfectly fine. Anything that makes you happy is never a waste of time. And if if you live your life like that and trying to feed happiness in the lives of others, because giving actually does so much more for you than, you know, even doing that for yourself, like you'll you'll attain even more joy through giving. Yeah. Um, you know, if we all just lived our lives, remembering to be here now, always, that would make such a difference. Cause all, all any of us do is think about the past or, mm-hmm. or plan for the future or think about the future. But you know, like we aren't even planned 10 minutes from now, like literally Yellowstone or an old, like one of the, the geysers could explode yeah. and, and the entire North American continent is gone. Like, yeah, that would suck. And that could happen at any point. That's what's insane. Like we are not promised 10 minutes from now. We can't plan for those kinds of things. We couldn't even plan if the sun, I mean, I don't think the sun would explode, but like if that happened, we have seven minutes, seven minutes. Seven minutes. Wow. That's, I I see that as like a, as a story, a short story. It's called seven minutes. It's when the sun exploded. (laughs) Wow. What would you do in that seven minutes? All right, you get a news flash. The sun has just exploded. <laughs> and you have seven minutes. I'm just like, oh, shit. I guess I would call everybody that I love. Hey, okay, man, it's been real. I got seven minutes. You hear about the news? Like, yeah, man, seven minutes. Like, and True. just say, hey, man, I love you. We had a good time. Oh, man, I don't know. I would, That's I would... a really crazy concept about the how, like, we if it exploded, we'd still have time. Like, there was still that, 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 time where we're just like it's limbo which is like all right well this is it <laughs> i know i would i would definitely call i don't know if i'd have time to call everyone i would call probably if i could my my parents i'd make them be on the phone at the same time and then i would hang up turn on my favorite song blast it as loud as i could and sing at the top of my lungs until the sun explodes Can you, you know or until oh. i feel it because it had already exploded at that time <laughs> <laughs> i mean Hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen just because that's no, not in, no, I don't think so. <laughs> not in this, not in our reality that we're talking yeah, about. Not right in this now. universe. <laughs> I think there's other plans for us, but if it did yeah. that, what a way to go. You know, the sun exploded. Who would have thought like, oh yeah, this shit exploded. <laughs> I mean, crazy enough. I think AI would take over the world before the sun exploded. Yeah, it already is. I hope, I just, I don't want to see it happen, but it's okay. Like, again, I think that there's enough of us that care enough about just like growing as humans and and they appreciate human rawness that I I don't think that there would necessarily be a civil war, but I think there's going to be a great divide in in just humans, you know? Humans and humans or humans and technology? 
Well, humans, like I said, that care and humans that don't care, the people that don't care that will allow anything to happen. They accept everything that's fed to them, accept everything that happens. They think that we can't do anything versus the Mm -hmm. people that realize that thinking that you can't do anything is an illusion. You know, like we can do something. It begins, every big change begins on, on a small scale. Nothing, no big change happened like, like that. Like it it takes a vision. It takes many visions and it takes many people to turn that vision into a change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I like how you said it's a, it's, it's a divide between people that care and don't care. I think that's already here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, you can see it everywhere and you're only going to see it more and more. And I think the the people that don't care are just a little brainwashed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I mean, the media has been working so hard for so many years to use our own brains against us, you know, and mm-hmm. and to I, I mean, and I really do think this, but like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people just go along with what is viewed as politically correct. And of course, you know, there's there's human decency to care about you know other humans and our differences is like no differences because there really are no differences between us and that's why we should treat all people with the same respect and you know equality but like there there is like that political correctness to you know not say certain things like about spirituality like that's not technically politically correct to talk about life and theories that are just alternative you know and and just understanding that has helped me to just completely stop caring about trying to say things that are going to make other people happy because, you know, that's, that's not accepting my human rawness, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to be authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. True. Because everybody has to be authentic to themselves because we live in a world of just fakery and it's just a world of hypocrisy. As Bob Marley says, it's just like this, if you don't, I don't know, we have to get back to the roots. We have to get back to nature. Yep. We have to get back to just going within, just sitting. Like you said, like, you know how you said you're okay with being bored, like two weeks, there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. That, that's a skill. That's not like people can't do that. People can't just sit down for 20 seconds and not do anything. It's, it's, it's a, like, that's what we need to get back to though, because mm-hmm. it's, we're lost. We're so lost as, as a, as a species, you know, and well, yeah. Yeah, no, you're so right. And what I, I was a person that used to be afraid of being alone, even in, in small moments. I love to be around people all the time. And then one day I realized that was my biggest fear and had to face it. And I, I mean, it took a long time for me to get to this point, but baby steps is, is how you get anywhere, you know, like how, how do you, uh, uh, I guess, how do you go about attacking any big problem, you know, and small small doses and small steps um yep and a lot of what helped was learning to ground myself in nature and finding peace there like i think that was a huge step just being able to find that comfort in nature realizing that if i'm so stressed like in my in my life and in my little world of whatever problems i think i have if i just go outside and look at the damn beauty of everything around me of of the sky and put my feet in the grass and even lay down in the grass and look up at the sky that's what I love doing like I I don't feel so stressed out anymore you know like and also um what else has really helped me I I feel like I was just about to say something um hmm well really nature huh nature 
is one of them, right? Well, nature for sure. Mm -hmm. But also just developing a lot of things in my life that like sort of give me joy outside of people, you know, like I, I got to a point yeah. where I, I would just get so let down by other people or on the other hand, I'm just a very highly sensitive person. And at a point, like I can't be around people like all the time where it really just drains me. Same. So yeah, I had to start, like I had to learn to create boundaries for myself. And mm -hmm. as hard as that was, as someone who loved to be around people, I saw how much it helped me as a person be more stable, if that makes sense. And, and like that was incredibly helpful. And then, of course, like by setting those boundaries, like I experienced FOMO, you know, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm missing out on all of these things that I see my friends doing. And that's why social media can be very dis dis disruptive. Um Mm -hmm. distracting but I think that what helps me and just getting over FOMO is just remembering like okay I can put myself in the shoes of being at that party right now like it's not that fun like it's not that fun like I'm I'm, I'm feeling alone in a group of people and I just have to remind myself that that's how I feel and it's an illusion to think that I'm going to feel any way else if I'm there you know like once yeah. in a while it's it's fine for me to go out with friends and stuff like that maybe not not so much right now but like <laughs> Yeah. You know, in, in general, like once in a while, but like, I don't need to chase that feeling anymore because I understand that it is an illusion, like identifying the illusions in my own life and learning to sort of break them down and walk away from them is what helped me find that security in my own presence, you know, like, yeah, that, that's just it. That's just yeah. it. Identify the illusions in your life. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. There's so yeah. many illusions. We've been fed them since the day we came out of the womb, really. Yeah, we've been indoctrinated into the world of illusion. Mm -hmm. Whether intentionally or not, you know, like our, our parents influenced us in some ways. And then from early ages, schools, institutions, media, all sorts mm -hmm. of things. And as, as, you know, the days go by and the younger kids are exposed to all of this stuff at early ages, it only gets worse. So it's only more important for us to raise awareness about it because if anyone's even more brainwashed, I mean, I would say it's even younger generations that really have, I mean, they have more access to understand things that are alternative, you know, but they also yeah. are, are more conditioned at early ages, which is, is so impacting on young minds, you know, like, it, it, they're just sponges at that time and they can't yeah. do anything other than absorb it yeah i think advertising to kids is a very i don't know it's a very weird thing like yeah. i don't even know if it's moral like it's just a weird like i wouldn't want to be the guy to have to come up with a commercial and advertisement or an advertisement for a child like it just that's just blatant brainwashing because like you said it, our brains are just so malleable they're like clay Mm -hmm. And if you shape them into that, I remember when I was a kid, this is horrible to think about. I would just sit in front of the TV and watch Nickelodeon <laughs> and just get fed all of this programming of whatever toys I wanted. And I just can't believe what it must have done to my psyche. Like, And now, like, you, you know, we we have this technology where like the phones and mm. the kids can get on social media so young. And it's just it's so corrupting to the mind. It's taken us further and further away from our our where we can be like you know our, our phones our technology is the greatest thing that has ever happened to human beings like we're talking we're having a conversation mm -hmm. right now we're miles apart mm -hmm. like this is amazing this is practically magic right <laughs> so this is this is awesome 
but it, it, on the flip side it's also damaged us and it's taken us further away from our our being our true self as cliche that sounds the inside you got to go within you but you're not going to go within if you're staring at your phone all day because that's yeah. like that's it's just but it's so easy to get lost in that because it's in our pocket like we're constantly connected oh yeah it's always right there sending us no like yeah have you seen the social dilemma i i actually watched that last night so we like, yeah so th- that's what that's what we're talking about it's pretty much that it's just like we're just we're just those things are made to be addicting to us and and it's it's just it's changing us into these beings that just are essentially just dumber in a way we're just like we're just these this stuff is just doing the thinking for us it's it's making us it's changing our neural pathways and it's it's a sickness and like i i always think like you know when and if i have kids i'm like how am i going to raise these children in this world that is just like i wouldn't even know do i put like smartphone limits do i like i don't even do i give them a smartphone do i give them a phone do i show them what a computer is like i have to like you have to yeah yeah and like in in that movie like you know that mom was just like she was asked like why did you even give her a phone and she was like well all the other kids in her grade have one you know it's it's again like that socially correct thing but and I've struggled with thinking about what I'm going to do too because you know like part of me is like do I even want to have a kid in this world but then part of me is like you know I still want to be able to bring something into this world and like I guess see how that would work out and I probably like will so I guess how I would answer that question is like you know all you can do at a point is lead by example because in my own experience like my parents even watching their parenting style, like, I don't think that you can ever prevent a kid from necessarily doing what they're going to do anyway, you know, as much as you want to, as much as you want to sometimes. And, you know, just leading by example is really all you can do. But sometimes even that is, isn't going to necessarily pan out. But, you know, again, like even with your own kids at a point, like everyone is just at different points of the same journey. And all you can do is, I mean, and I, I, that's why I think that even running a channel is like something I want to continue doing because I didn't even think that it would be impactful or inspiring for anybody, like the way that I guess it is for some people, you know, but like some people Mm -hmm. like reach out to me privately and say that, you know, like this inspired them to do this. And I'm like, no way, like no shot. But then like, I think about how the same thing happened with me, like somebody inspired me in the same Mm -hmm. way and how it's just a chain reaction and sometimes it does take longer but people aren't blind and people do see the way that you act acting you know and your actions speak so much louder than words will ever and that's what I think plays such a big role whether it be parenting whether it be friendships whether it be any sort of relationship at all yeah act and act authentically Mm-hmm. And people will if people will pick up on that you know if you're fake people don't like being you know people don't like fake people online you can you can smell that a mile away online you can sense that like there's just something about fakery but if you're authentic there's going to be people that'll vibe with you like i told you earlier like there's going to be somebody out there even if it's just one person that's in the middle of indonesia mm-hmm. and they're they, they barely have internet connection but they have just <laughs> enough to, to watch one of your videos and it helps them that's all that matters, right? Like that, at least for me, like if there, if there's that one person that I'm making these videos for and I'm helping that one person and I'm, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm just having a conversation or I'm just saying, speaking from my heart. And, I'm, and if I'm helping that one person, that's what I do it for. 
And if there's not even that one person, I guess I just do it for myself. But exactly. But but if you're authentic, there will be other people that that will you know you you put out the message, you put out the vibes and the energy. There's other people that will that will reciprocate that energy and and feel the vibe. Oh. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's what I gotta say to you, Vanessa. That keep keep fighting the good fight. Um, keep putting out the vibes because you are are um you're a very wise person at, at, a, at a young age and don't get lost in the sauce you know of this world like i think you have to yeah. stay on the track of doing the youtube channel or instagram how whatever media it is to, that you should, that you want to get out your message um just do it because the the world really needs that right now and you know it's tough because you know you're probably not going to get paid right away for doing anything <laughs> like that but you can't we can't always expect uh rapid monetary uh exchange from doing this stuff like you know we're not going to people aren't going to put value on this right away but we're moving toward a world if you do care about money which obviously mm -hmm. we have to care about money we are moving to a world that's more spiritual and people see mm -hmm. the value on that so it is something that a lot of people will resonate in the future but we're just at the beginning and i would encourage you to just just keep going keep spreading your message because because you know the vibe like you know mm -hmm. you know what's up obviously um but yeah keep doing your thing vanessa um it, this was a pleasure talking with you the, the cosmic butterfly that's where everyone can find you right yes gary that is where everyone can find me and thank you for those kind words um i i would mainly say like yeah i mean i think what's really helped me to just keep on going with i mean i've done this for like six months now um, just my YouTube channel in general is just making it a personal project. I don't have any expectations for it to ever bring like some sort of income, you know, like I, I just love That's speaking my be. mind. Like I, this is finally, I finally have an avenue to mm -hmm. speak my mind and say the things that like other people won't understand. Like, I'm so grateful that you gave me the opportunity to be here because like you clearly are a person that is open and perceptive to these alternative ways of thinking. And that's, that's why we had such a lovely conversation because we are just like on this same sort of wavelength. And I very much appreciate you reaching out to me and taking the time out of your day to have this conversation with me, Gary. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You're always welcome on. Um, I think we could have continued this conversation probably all night, but I'm getting a little tired. I kind of want to go to bed. So like I said, you, you're always welcome on the show. Um, but yeah, just, you know, keep the positive vibes, keep the good vibes coming and uh, people will resonate with it. But yeah, other than that, the cosmic butterfly, you can find her on YouTube. You can find her anywhere. I don't know. Just go on Google. You'll, you'll probably be able to find you, right? <laughs> yep. Well, thank you well, so much, Gary. No, oh, thank, thank you. Jesus. This was a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, like I said. And uh, yeah, I guess we can wrap it up. Yeah, well, I hope you have a great night. And thank you to everyone who was listening. I hope you yes, all... Yes, thank you. If, if anybody did listen this long, thank you so much. That one guy that's in Indonesia <laughs> that doesn't have the internet connection. Thank you. <laughs> have a good night, man. <laughs> thank you. You as well. You as well. Yeah.